How good was that? That was in shroud, bound in the sacrifice. More to come on them in the minute. Welcome everybody to the show, first of all. I hope you're all staying positive out there. We have good weather, thank fudge. And that certainly helps in the middle of these strange times. You will be delighted to know I have an absolutely brilliant show lined up for you this week, full of fantastic bands and a great interview with the legend that is Aidan Cunningham over in America. Stay with me for the next hour or so, and this lockdown is going to continue for another couple of weeks by the sounds of it, which is fairly shitty. But I will be doing my best to keep ye occupied with the best interviews and the best bands on the show. I hope you all enjoyed last week's show, which featured music from Words That Burn, The Grief, So Much For The Sun, and Peasant To A King. The star of the show last week, of course, was Andy Clark of The Crawling. Last seen lying on a sun lounger in his back garden, in the sunshine, supping on an ice-cold beer over the weekend. And... That certainly brought a smile to my face, as it did to many others who commented on the picture. Yeah, keep putting up pictures like that, everybody. It all helps in some way that we are still getting on with our lives to some degree in the middle of this crazy and weird time. Now, the band that opened the show was In Shroud, and that song was absolutely fantastic. It is called Bound in the Sacrifice. I hope you all enjoyed that. That guitar riff at the start, man, is so sick. Some really cool breaks in the song as well, I thought. Nice change of vocals in the middle as well. And uh, a brilliant track. Uh, Well done, lads. For those that don't know too much about Enshroud, they're an Irish-based band and they started jamming together in 2018. Uh, They're all friends who uh, share a love of metal. And they decided to see what would happen if they wrote enough material to get together um, an EP. Uh, They're extremely proud of the material that they have so far. And interestingly enough, they want to stay anonymous. So that's something you have to respect. And, you know, as a band, they feel that they want the music to stand front and center on its own. They're happy enough as they say, to walk in the shadows of that. So they got a good review of Ola England on his channel, which is um, an extremely popular channel on YouTube, and they are releasing their third single on Friday the 17th, which is also when this show is available to download. Of course, the wizard himself, Josh, up at JSR Studios in Belfast, was involved in tracking, mixing and mastering the EP. And um, yeah, it is certainly something to be excited about if you are a fan of that band. And I'm sure, hopefully, a lot of you will be converted um, if you check out the band's other material on YouTube and also keep an eye on their Facebook page for updates. Thanks again to Enshroud for submitting the track to open this week's show. Now moving on, um, today there was a big shock in uh, the Irish metal scene when ASECT announced that Tony's time with the band has unfortunately finished up. 
the band are now currently looking for another singer. So the band issued a statement on Facebook saying that Tony's time with ASECT has come to an end. This was a tough but mutual decision and it is best for the band moving forward. Tony was with us for a year and a half and in that time the band reached many milestones. We thank Tony for that time and his contributions to the band. We wish him all the best with his future projects. So given the current circumstances, we will be holding auditions online. If you're interested, PM us and we can sort out the details with you. Any and all styles are welcome. We have a full album recorded and ready to go. So that is really a bummer. Um, we saw a sect in Urban Assault and they were one of the bands of the day. All of us that went there were in agreement with that and had the privilege of chatting to every one of the lads afterwards as well. What can I say? It is um, it's a tough one considering that they have a whole album ready to go absolutely gutted over that a shout out to the remaining members of the band to dave kendy on guitar aiden o'halloran also on guitar luke peters on drums and aiden williams on bass let's just hope that it's a new beginning for both tony and the sect and that they all stay within the irish metal scene as they are all really top class blokes first of all and extremely talented as well again just want to say if you're interested in applying for the role of singer with ASECT, contact the band directly on their Facebook page and also you can get to the band on asectband at gmail.com and please know something about the band before you apply. Don't be wasting their time by not knowing anything about their material. Okay, next up are a band from Wexford. Uh, they're a four-piece. They're called Debt Can Wait. We've got Brian on vocals, Dave on guitar, Shane on bass and backing vocals, and Patrick on drums. I was in contact with them and they said their music is a reflection of ourselves. Contrast, tension, and honesty. A non-specific blend of sounds. Their debut EP, Self Portrait, is scheduled for release in 2020, via independent label Burning Metal Records. Shout out to Phil. We all know Phil through Burning Metal, the Facebook page, and it was recorded in Orchard Studios in Wexford. So two tracks already were released. Uh, Left was released in August 2019 and Wreckage in September 2019. I can also exclusively reveal the other four songs on the EP. Um, they're called Nerve Endings, hemorrhage scorned and the one that caused me the biggest amount of hassle was future corpse the reason i say that is because the band posted this really cool promo on their facebook page and it consisted of a load of scraps of paper and a hand holding a cigarette lighter and the and they were slowly burning each scrap of paper which contained a song title me being a super nerd after numerous attempts of pausing, playing, and trying to figure out this ink-soaked writing, I did my detective work and I got those four songs for the sake of it. It was a good effort, though, lads. Um, I admire, your, I admire people that do something different. But uh, so there are the other four song titles of a six-titled EP. 
that have yet to be released by Death Can Wait. They did enter metal to the masses and I think that was their last gig um, for Heat 5. And you can check out all their social media on Instagram, Facebook, Bandcamp and YouTube. Okay, let's get the adrenaline pumping again with Death Can Wait and the track is left. Enjoy.
that was the brilliant Debt Can Wait and the song was called Left. As a big fan of therapy, I'm hearing some therapy vibes there and that is all good by me, big time. Really cool, really good strong chorus and some great guitar parts as well. I would love to see that song live, to be fair. And to your credit, lads, if that came out in the 90s, Dave Fanning would be playing that on his show and it would also feature on a few other shows as well on radio, you know. So, lads, well done. Thanks for submitting the song to the Metal Cell podcast and best of luck with the new EP. Okay, I want to give a shout out now to John Ard, as he's commonly known as, and Kieran of Bad Reputation and The Siege. So last Sunday was a weird one for the majority of us metal fans anyway, at least. We had to spend the day at home. Yes, now, to be fair, it was Easter Sunday, so there was an egg hunt and blah de blah de blah But um, my head was in the game, but my heart was thinking of the siege. I should have been in Limerick, uh, residing in my usual haunt, Dolan's and bringing bands back and forth to the Clayton Hotel, where I would always have a stash of cans ready to interview whichever particular band on the day that I fancied and did my research on. And uh, that didn't happen. You know, that was just such a strange feeling. And uh, we all, all, all the East Cork Metal Militia, we were all texting each other, and Danielle, Jack, Evan, I know we were all going through this that we should be up in Dolan's celebrating one of the best indoor festivals in Europe it is what it is and uh, in fairness to the lads they kept us entertained during the day uh, through updates on their Facebook at Siege Limerick that is and uh, they just the first message was at 11.40 and it says this is the first Easter Sunday in 12 years that true forces beyond our control we cannot do the siege we've never missed the siege since the beginning and although it won't be the same we do have some small surprises that we will share throughout the day hail to the siege and stay home so the first one was a siege cast so if you listen to it it was members of bands and some songs and everybody reminiscing about their favorite ones that were passed and the next easter egg was the legendary Siege of Limerick t-shirts which always sell out and this was no fucking different of course I missed out on that that post was at 16.50 at quarter to seven they put up a Spotify list as well and do check that out it is excellent then came the news yesterday that they said that it was with sadness that they now must update the Eirek 2020 edition of the siege from postponed to cancelled. The factors leading to this decision were many and they were entirely unrealistic to overcome in the unpredictable few months ahead. We're not going to dwell on it and rather now focus our sights in October. If you want more information on the cancellation, you can hear more on the podcast that we shared yesterday. Stay home. Don't be a gaul great term and we'll see you all when this blows over siege of limerick and bad reputation it was such a fantastic lineup and all and 
the lads are keen that we move on and I think I think that's the right thing to do and hopefully we will uh, rejoice in October with one of the best ones yet I'm sure they won't leave us down in relation to that okay the next band I have on the show is a band that I hadn't heard of before until Tombs came onto the show and um, they spoke highly of this upcoming band called Survivalist because they played Metal to the Masses with them and I went, okay, I'll check them out. So I did, man, and they were absolutely class. Shout out to Stu on guitars, Taylor on bass, Gavin on vocals, Daryl on drums and Tom on guitars. In relation to the band, they were formed in June 2019, so they're relatively new on the scene. And their influences are Architects, Killswitch Engage, While She Sleeps and August Burns Red. Um, So when Tombs encountered them, they were in Metal to the Masses, as I said, and they went through to the semi-finals with Elder Druid, um, which was pretty impressive when you consider they were up against tombs and molar bear as well i'm glad to say they have an upcoming album seven on the way it's wrote v11 and although there's no release date finalized um because of the circumstances as well which don't help they've released three singles off it so far trust me with this and go on to youtube and check out in which i envy is the debut track and there's a lyric video with that and that is excellent the second one then was the one i came across which was pride brings ruination the third track which is the one you're going to hear is greed and obsession so again the video is up on youtube and of course our best bud josh from jsr audio who else recorded and produced the album. You can get access to all their music on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, and a hundred and probably 150 other streaming websites. So get on to their Facebook page and get onto their YouTube page and check these lads out. I think they are seriously going places. This track is, in my opinion, pretty fucking awesome. So enjoy Survivalist with Greed and Obsession.
Yes, indeed, that was Survivalist with Greed and Obsession. And if you think that was ferocious stuff, I certainly did. Great vocal delivery to uh, the production, as usual, spot on with Josh. Wouldn't doubt you, kiddo. And uh, there was some sick riffage. I would say the perfect balance as well between heaviness and and I like that bit of melody as well. And the rhythm section throughout, absolutely class. I think these lads are seriously going places. They just need the right break, I think, and the right people to hear this fantastic tune. And thanks again, lads, for uh, submitting it for the Metal Cell podcast. Okay, let's get on to the main section of the show. The interview with the genius, the mastermind, the mixer, the recorder, Mr. Aidan Cunningham. Hello, everybody. This is Richie from the Metal Cell podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome producer, mixer, recording engineer, Aidan Cunningham to the show. I'm a massive fan, Aidan. Delighted to have you on board. Richie, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I introduce myself as that when I walk into every room. I, Do you? <laughs> I'm a mixer. I'm a producer. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. You're, you're, you're kind of running out of titles at this stage. I know. Like, yeah, I put doctor in there maybe someday, you know. Hey, man, why thanks not? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks. This is cool. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, this is a new format for me, and I'm really enjoying it that um, we can use modern technology to link up. So for the listeners, um, you might just say where you are. Well, I'm currently sitting in my mixing room in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, so I, you can tell by the accent, I'm still very much an Irish <laughs> lad. Anyway, still a lad from the bog. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, made a move over here last year. So, right. Um, I wasn't actually aware that um, you moved over. Are you doing kind of a few months together or what? What way are you doing it? Yeah, I will, to be honest with you, it was something I didn't consciously start going oh i'm in new york look at me i'm great you know I, more so because i've spent the last however 13 15 years building up a bit of a, a name for myself in ireland and building up a relationship with bands and it wasn't a case of like right that's over now i'm burning that bridge yeah uh, so what i'm doing is yeah i'm living here with my partner lara but i'm still coming back to ireland kind of well not at the moment not but uh, every <laughs> two or three months for a block of producing and recording and then i'm just mixing it back here Right, very good. So, that, so that, I'm just giving that a try, like, yeah. So, like, you, was it hard to get um, accommodation as in an apartment, or how did you kind of, did you have all that sorted before, and, or did you have to use friends or connections? or? Well, uh, kind of, uh, yes and no. Um, so, the, the main, you see, it's very hard to get visas to get into the States here. And the yeah, main reason I could imagine. came up was my partner, Lara, she was offered the opportunity of, like, well, if you want, there, there, there could be a, t- a spot on a team for you. She's a designer over here. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking, like, Jesus, it's not every day. And, you're, you know, not every day you get that kind of option. It wasn't something that was like, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it, baby. Like, it was very much a calculated decision of, will we do this or not? And, you know, and I said, feck, we'll give it a go. Um, and I was obviously very conscious about, like, coming over here and not being as connected to things. But then also that could be an advantage as well. Like, yeah, that's true. To try get working with some new bands and try just meet some new people and, you know, mm. Um, so what happened then with yeah with the accommodation, New York is insane, and not less not kind of like in the Dublin or the Irish way where there's no houses or no apartments. There's plenty of places. All right, okay. But, but it's almost like a it's almost like a personality contest to get a place. Like you have to kind of come in and they look for your CV and they look for your whole. We to send our professional websites to people, like to, to the landlord. Like really, you're auditioning to get a place. Like Jesus, yeah. 
Crazy. So to be, but the place I'm sitting in now is is joined on to where we're living. So it's like it completely fluked out that way. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Just because like, I don't know how we managed it. Two Irish just getting off the plane <laughs> and we just, an Irish luck or something, we got this place, you know. That's incredible. And what's, what are the rates like over there um, accommodation wise in relation to Dublin? You know, uh, they, is well, it expensive? Yes, like it, it is in terms of it's weird, right? The, it's it's New Yorky, so everything is amplified by about three times as much. Okay. But then salaries are insane, and I'm not mine at the moment, but <laughs> like you know the the general nine to five job, like it's the general cost of living is actually probably cheaper, I would think, than Dublin. Wow. Okay. But, but the like the rents are meant like you know if, if someone is living in Manhattan, we're not in Manhattan, now, we're in Brooklyn, about twenty minutes away. Mm-hmm. If someone's living in an apartment in Manhattan for a bed sit, you're paying five or six grand a month. Like it's just five or six grand a month. Stupid. Yeah, that's crazy. But then Fuck. they might be earning okay. two hundred grand a year, one hundred fifty. It's just it's. It, it but kinda, you know, so yeah. they kind of. It's just like inflation. It's it's it. But yeah. your take home and your your money to buy groceries and everything's kind of the same. Like it's just. Yeah, oh, fair play, man. I mean, respect. You know, what's it like up there at the moment? It must be very strange. Uh, yeah, weird. I've never wanted to be in a quiet field in Ireland so much in my life. And just like I'm, again, I I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm a, I'm a lad. Like I love cities, but I'm very much a go for a nice walk and in, in a green field kind of fella, you know, and just yeah. chill out. So New York's intense, uh, but at the moment it's yeah it's weird because where we are, we're we're in a part of Brooklyn um, called Cobble Hill. Okay, and um, it's very quiet. Like it's a, it's kind of a very residential family nice neighborhood like it's not crazy crazy in yeah, yeah. New York. so my day-to-day really isn't changing all that much i'm i'm working away here and lara's working from home here which is that's different but we're fine yeah and we're not really like you're seeing the news reports and you're seeing all the terrible things but we're not like we're not in the middle of it at the door so it's kind of very strange it's kind of like i know this is going on but i'm also not really i'm not seeing people dying in front of me so it's yeah, it's hard to process it if that makes yeah. sense. Um, like, have you ventured down to the main area of New York? Took a few pictures when it desert, when it was deserted and stuff. I went, yeah, I went in just just before it kind of got like, okay, don't leave your house, kind yeah. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was still kind of like Lara was working from home, and it was all I had to cancel my flights to Ireland back. I was supposed to be in Ireland right now, actually. Okay, a few things. Um, but I. Just I went in with my gloves and my mask and I was really careful. I said, I have to see the middle of New York. Like when else are you ever gonna see this in your whole life? Like and it was weird. It was yeah. I, I'm gonna actually say I kind of enjoyed it. And I don't mean that in any sort of a like, you know, I know, yeah, yeah. disparaging way of what yeah. the situation, but I kinda it's like this is nice. Like this is it just shows you how much craziness and advertising there is in the world and then there was no one there to take, you know, to pay attention to it. it was yeah. Like really weird. Like, I w- I'm not going to say nice or pleasant, but just mm. a weird kind of calm feeling about the whole thing, which was nice. Yes. I mean, just you know? to, to, to be in the middle of it, I would be the same. I would have to just out of curiosity sake to just to get down and have a look around and go, wow, this is just wow. one of those rare moments in, in time, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you as well. Um, <clears throat> Amphion loudspeakers, you've linked up with them. Yep. How did that come about? Uh, it came about, I, I, so a lot of lads in the industry that I would know early, you start seeing people have been raving about these things. They're like, okay, well, maybe give these a try. And I was at a festival in Frankfurt called Music Messe. It's kind of like a big trade show. Okay. Know, big, 
all the guitar manufacturers there, all the studio equipment. It's just a big, oh, I love it. It's like Christmas morning. When it's over. <laughs> now it's actually been getting smaller the last few years, but anyway, that's another, that's another chat. But um, I just got talking to them and I demoed them over there. I was like, oh, wow, these are, these are really something. But, you know, like this, this was in a huge, big arena hall with noise. So it's like, I think these sound good. I can't really hear it, but there's something really amazing here. Right. So I got chatting to the guys and actually they sent me over back in Ireland and they sent me over a set to try out for a couple of months. Just, they just got talking. I built up a good relationship with them. They're like, oh, we'll send you a set. It's fine. Yeah. And I, I can't, like, until I... Stop making records. I don't think I'll be making records on anything else. They're just Jesus. And they're, those ads are from are from Finland, is it? Yep, they're a Finnish company. I believe it's kind of a ten or twelve people employed. Like it's not a big, massive, okay. multinational, global company. Like they're it's the father and son run it. Ah, and okay. And Julian and uh, it's very you know very very small community, but they're oh, I. I the, the way I describe them to people is, I don't know, I'm not sure how many of your, I'm sure a lot of your listeners would be in, you know, into production. A lot of metal guys are, a lot of, you know, heavy yeah. guys are, but it almost sounds like there's no monitors there. That's the thing. It just, they don't sound like monitors. It just sounds yeah. like they're invisible. And that's what I love about them. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I pull up a fader here, I'm hearing it. It's not, yeah. It's not I mean, hyping it, you know. And I mean, you love to immerse yourself in all that's in equipment. So I mean, that's high praise indeed. Um, you also did um, a nice uh, brief as well with Pro Studio. Oh yeah, that's I can't. That's a couple of years back now. Yeah, four, three, four, two years. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, that that was a fun thing to do. Yeah. So you're kind of open to all those type of things as well. And are you getting more of those opportunities? Do you find over in America? Um, in, in terms of kind of like the education or like doing the videos and that kind of exactly stuff. yeah uh, maybe I'm, right. I'm talking to a few lads at the moment but nothing absolutely concerned to be honest with you it's not something that I'm actively pursuing like as in okay I still very much doing it like actually mixing that, that's my bread and butter like that's that's the main thing but yeah. it's really fun to, to talk about it and I've actually done a couple of just one-on-one mix lessons kind of like this over Zoom over the last few weeks with people who are just probably bored out of their mind at home and they're like I wouldn't mind learning a little bit more so that, that's that's actually something I'm really enjoying because again I just get to have a one-on-one conversation with someone about yeah how cool all this is like you know yeah and that's why that's why I kind of brought it up because I mean you're at this now since probably 2007 would it be at a guess oh, you, or, technically I yeah I started like I learned it all in 2003 so when I did it to get yeah. a leave insert. but like in terms of actually having the balls to record a band <laughs> it was probably 2006 i did my the first murdoch album and that was just a very much put up some microphones and see what happens but yeah from then on i suppose it's been a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more so you went to poppy hill yes poppy hill. you've done your research which you like it. <laughs> um poppy hill that is which is no longer there that that was a it's gone is it it's gone as of about maybe two or three years ago i think yeah Oh, that's a pity, man. Um, so that's just outside Nace, and that was that gave me the the grounding or the the foundations. And um, how many? Like, was it a big class, or was there only a few we added? Or can you remember? Uh, I remember very well because it was no, it was a, the way that whole college worked. It like was very small, but there was an advantage to it. So I think there was maybe thirteen, fourteen in the whole year. All oh, right, okay. In the whole, so it was a small private college, if you like, for for recording. Um, so I think gave us great hands-on I, time and all that. Like I think um, I was in the Ballyformit. Is Ballyformit had a, a college as well? They did. So, yeah, yeah. I recorded um, 
a demo up there just to help um, uh, probably someone from y'all. Um, just they wanted a band up there, so we did a demo in Ballyformit. So, like, so Poppy Hill and Ballyformit were probably the two kind of main ones there, really, for the legs. Yeah, for that kind of thing. There was there's a couple in Dublin as well, Sound Training College and uh, Pulse and all those as well. Yeah. But the, the, again, it's kind of, I believe it's a very competitive field now. And I, I'd imagine it's the internet as well. And, oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. So, are you in touch with any of the lads that came through Poppy Hill with you? Uh, one or two of them, yeah. There's there's one of the, a couple of them in in some bands that I'm still talking to. And I've recorded some of them, I think, as well. Like, but uh, not not a lot of them. But I'm and Willie, who was the owner of Poppy Hill. So what happened was, I did the so that was 2000 and yeah, it would have been the the, the autumn of 2003. I started there, yeah, and it finished in 2004. And then the next year, uh, he asked me to come back as a technical assistant. So okay. I was like, I was the guy who was. Like go home, Aiden. It's it's time to lock up. Like I was there <laughs> after the classes. I was just in love with it. I couldn't describe to you how much fun I was having. So I think just out of nothing else, he he needed a bit of help the next year, like being a lecturer assistant, kind of just you know, with setting up things and uh, help helping to because it's a very practical course. There's you know, obviously you're setting up mixing desks and microphones and drum kits. So there's a lot of actual just setting up to do. With yeah. The so that gave me. I think that was actually probably the most beneficial step for me in my career and that he asked me to come back. I was like, okay, I should probably do that. Not feeling confident enough to do it at all. <laughs> Suddenly when you have to learn something to tell other people that you've just learned like a year beforehand or a couple of months beforehand, it makes you learn it. Like you yeah. really, really sets the foundation for, yeah. for uh, getting it into your brain forever, you know? And then you, did you lecture then with sound training college as well? Yeah, that was kind of, that's up until really I came to, to New York. I suppose I was with the Sound Training College guys for three or four years. That was just doing once a week, like for about two hours. So you yeah. just going on a Saturday morning to do a lecture because again, I didn't have time to, it wasn't a full-time lecturing gig because gig, I, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do this then. And that's, I find that's fine. Some people go down that road and that's great. It's a, it's a great job to have. Um, but I kind of felt I didn't want to be the person not, teaching what I didn't practice if that makes sense you know yeah it does yeah practicing it and uh, then the bit of teaching was great it was really really enjoyed that I sat in on on one of them actually um I can't remember now the band who it was but um they gave you a rough demo and you to kind of I think it was to do a Charlie Chaplin speech um oh yeah uh, um overhead the albatross that's them Yes, yes. I, I oh, sat yes. through. I sat through that lecture there the other night. It was great. Oh God, I, I, man! I forgot that was even on the internet. That's actually a good watch, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I probably. I probably. If I listen to it now, I'd probably cringe because 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 you only had um you only had one small drum piece to work with. I know you've. I know if you can can't remember, it was a demo they gave. It was really rough, like, and yeah. just to see you had to build up all that drum. Sound that was fun. I do, I do remember that style. They're one of my favorite bands that they're not actually they're not reactive anymore. We had, we had started into doing a new album and everything. That's again another conversation, but yeah, uh, I know the lads in that band, Dave and Ben and and um Vinny and all the lads. So, what, yeah, Dave, Dave Prendergast, he's he's their producer, he's the keyboard player in Coda Line as well. Oh, very Dave, good, Dave, and he's his own studio in, in Kildare, uh, Clique Recordings. But David reached out to me saying. I think they had a huge gig coming up in Vicker Street. It was their biggest headline show and they packed the place out. It was a great night. But before that, they're like, we want to do something with this. This would be cool to do a video for. We need to put it up in about two days. And we just, we we have this demo done of it, but we 
like there's no way for whatever reason they couldn't get together there's no way we can re-record it again yeah it's like that could be fun to just try and build something up out of I think that I, I remember. I think the drum recording might have been one mic, or it was like a that's all it was. It was one mic, yeah. yeah. And and just the way you brought the whole thing up was incredible to watch, you know. Um, so I really enjoyed that, you know. <laughs> I must have. I must watch that myself again. <laughs> I learned something from it. But um, what about um, you did an Emro showcase as well? Do you like some them things? Are you comfortable doing those? Do you enjoy them? I really do. I've, I to be honest with you, before that, I was probably nearly never as nervous in my life because. I, uh, what would you say doing the lecturing it's you can have your lecture prepared and you're talking and it's fun but that's kind of like oh wow people are coming to listen to me talk for three hours this yeah and I've been on you know been on stage with Murdoch that's fine never got nervous before a gig in that way but this is completely different because I've got projector behind me and I have to touch this thing and the mic, what if the mic doesn't work and you know all that kind of crap but uh, that was really good as well that was just to kind of the point of that I think was to maybe just let other people in the music industry know what goes on when you're mixing a song. So okay. not to go crazy into technical detail about this is what a compressor does and this is what an EQ is. And it was more just why would someone work with a mixing engineer? Like what, what would, would the process be? Right. And just to kind of help spread a bit of education to, you know, other people in the music industry. So that was definitely a fun thing to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because as I said, kind of watching the way you explained stuff, I think you've definitely, definitely there's another career for you probably running side by side, you know, giving back to giving back what you learn, you know, yeah. um, I was just interested. Are you, I know, I know you love to be hands on involved in mixing and recording, but I think you're fantastic on the other side as well. And, and certainly people definitely watching your videos um, can learn an awful lot from Thanks, you. Thanks man. Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, yeah. Like it's, I love doing it. I absolutely I think it just it re it reinforces how much I love doing this as my like mixing as my main job because I love talking about it so much. I yeah. just and to be honest with you, one of the coolest feelings in the world is when a student or just someone asks you a question and they're like they're struggling with something and if you explain it in such a way, you can see the light bulb going off in their head where they go, Oh yeah. And mm. that's really cool. That's just a really nice feeling of like, oh there you go, like you've passed yeah. it on to someone or you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's great, man. And you know, out of Irma, then did you do any uh, networking? Uh, like, how valuable are those things? Um, like, you'll obviously hear other people's opinions, you know, um, mm. and you can also probably promote your own stuff as well at those. Yeah, like I, again, I didn't do it. I suppose as a kind of a a greasy salesman, like, hey, come work with me. Here's my business card. Although I probably did. But uh, I know, to be honest with you, I actually, a couple of projects came out of that. Definitely. Like, I remember, okay. I think I did a few mid mastering things. And to be honest with you, this is a thing that, and if any of the, your, any of the listeners are interested in getting into this as kind of their career or whatever, it probably took me a long time to learn this, but I learned it the slow and hard way that this is all about knowing people and not in the like knowing people, greasy salesman, Hey, what are you, I'm going to make you big baby kind of way. Just, mm. but genuinely having known people in the industry, it's all word of mouth. Yeah. It's not kind of, you can never advertise in the paper, mixing engineer available for nine to five job. Like it's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like, so the, those, that's why I kind of brought it up. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, ultimately Ireland, we are small enough and it's definitely, um, a case of if you probably meet somebody even just once and have 20 minutes to sell a pitch to them or to tell them much about it, they will actually remember you, you know? Yeah. There's, there's, there's that, like it, it, there's that human contact that you don't get in a weird email of like, Hey, are you interested in working with me or yeah. whatever? Like if you actually just chatting with someone. 
mm. bond it, it does something and i think i'm pretty sure well no, no, no i'm not gonna say every gig but nearly every gig i've done like in terms of mixing has come from something else that i've done yes exactly. someone said oh we heard your work with this thing and would you be interested in doing this with us sometimes you just get these out of the blue ones people come across you from something but Mm. It's like so the, to bring it back those networking events like it's not going to be a case of oh there's that guy talking about mixing i'm going to hire him but it's kind of like they, they might they'll hear your name they might check out your other work and then they'll see oh sure he worked with this band or he worked with this band and like they, you know it builds uh, up that kind of way you know have you any business cards <laughs> i do there uh, ne- there you I, go man there you i got go. like i got 200 printed out and i think i've got 199 left. <laughs> it's just not that kind of world where you you know you don't put it in your hand and do the sneaky handshake where you get combined it with a business card the alan partridge move no yes 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 Maybe yeah. you should try doing that you know yeah come here um you've a wide uh portfolio of different genres of bands as well hardcore metal punk post-rock indie pop hip-hop yeah. Um, what you, I, you, I presume, um, you prefer to be working more so on the more heavier side of things, but it, you're, uh, cer- you're certainly, yeah. you're certainly expanding your portfolio. I, I'd imagine over New York more so. Yeah. I, well, to be honest with you, Richie, it's, I would prefer to not be doing the same thing every time. And of course. Whatever, that's, that's kind of my thing. And mm-hmm. it's kind of almost like if it's sequentially different. So like I let's uh, what did I just I kind of just fixed finished mixing an album for a band uh, Hermitage Green their Irish band which is kind of you know, <laughs> serious like yeah it's it's oh, like man. it's not um, metal in the slightest but it's still can fun. I can I tell you a fast one go for it okay picture this around four uh, yeah four years ago we were up in um, the Ambassador Hotel in Cork myself and Helen and Hermitage Green. Um, which I, I didn't really know much about being truthful, but I, I saw the poster because we were going up to the hotel and that they were playing in St. Luke's that night. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, anyway. So we booked into the hotel, got changed, went out on the lash in Cork City. So we came back to the hotel at um, half two in the morning and there was this music um, hammering out of the residence bar. So when we went and it was Hermitage Green Lads, the acoustic guitars out the whole lot. Mighty crack anyway, just said loads of anyway. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we went upstairs and into bed and around half four in the morning, the fire alarm went off. Now I know what you're thinking now, it's the Hermitage Green lads, <laughs> right? But it wasn't, right? So I kind of, the room was L-shaped. So I went over to the corner, I got a smell of smoke and um, yet I opened the door, there was nothing happening. I closed the door, went back in and Helen goes, what's the story? And I goes, there's... There's no smoke rang like that. It must be a false alarm. So I rang down anyway. The the guy went at reception. Goes no, no. There was no smoke alarm went off. And I goes okay, fair enough. And then we just got back into the bed. And I mean, the temperature of the room went down to sub zero, and we could see our breath in the room. And I was just going, what the fuck is this? So next minute we heard people running up and down the corridor. And I says right back out. Open the door. Nobody there closed the door and waited and I could hear voices then outside the door, directly outside the door, opened it again, nobody there. So then at that stage, all the fucking hairs on the right, back of my yeah. neck and, and arms and all, I'm just going, holy shit, what the hell? So I went back in and it just stayed sub-zero for around an hour, hour and a half and all this chaos was going outside the door. People, you know, just, just loud noises and, and voices. 
no one there. So I went down to reception the next day and just said it to your one. She goes, what room was that? I goes, room 206. And she goes, yeah, that's kind of haunted. All right. And I'm going, fucking hell. <laughs> and that, wow. was, that was the night Hermitage Green. <laughs> so you're saying the lads of Hermitage, the ghosts of Hermitage Green uh, haunted your room or something. Yeah. But that's the last time I heard of Hermitage Green, you know. It was just funny the way you brought it up there. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Mad story there, yeah. Um, the la- so that's, that, that's an album that they came, or well, the producer Phil McGee asked me would I be interested in mixing it. Because, like, as you kind of, what you're asking there was, you know, do I prefer doing heavy stuff? And, like, yeah, my default answer is yes. Like, it's in my DNA. Like, that's it's like, in the DNA, yes. I, just, yes. I, I don't think I can make something sound clean. Even if I try to make some pop stuff, it still kind of comes out a bit dirty. So I, I'm going to sound uh, big-headed here, but I think that's why a lot of those people come to me. They don't yeah. want a clean, sparkly pop record. like these. And these guys, Hermitage Green, they're not really a pop band, but they'd be... They're by no means aggressive or heavy. Like it's kind no. of it'd be very. I don't know what you'd call it. It's there's there's loads of sounds going on. Actually, it's kind of mm. it's but it's it would be radio contemporary kind of music. You know, it's, yeah. there's but they wanted it to impact. They wanted it to be a bit dirty and driven. And so that was kind of I, I like doing that. I like when making things maybe not supposed. Oh, sorry, making things sound like they're supposed to sound and having a bit of fun with something. Again, but, um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, the scratch there. Couldn't yeah. give a rat's what an album. That's, Congratulations, that great work. Yeah. That was just tremendous fun making that album. Uh, the, were, you, were, you a, were you in Ireland for that? Or were yeah, you... I did that in Ireland. So that okay. was, was around Halloween last year. We actually did a recording session for that Okay, uh, for just a couple of weeks. Uh, and again, I know the lads going back since the Red Enemy days, we would have played about 18,000 shows with them in Murdoch. So known the lads a long time. Yeah. Um, and that's that's that that's another example of just let's make something that should be a bit or like let's let's try and inject some energy into something that's just acoustic not just acoustic guitars but essentially it's just acoustic guitars and a lad hitting a box and shouting <laughs> over it. So we need to make this. How do we make this feel like a big, uh, impactful kind of punchy thing? Jesus, you did some job in that. It's brilliant. Um, thanks, Mark. thanks. And uh, and, was... and I and I think they're gonna actually take off. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're on the right trajectory, and they've they had such a good summer, like of shows and festivals, and they were on the stick. They were really going to have a good one, and that's unfortunately looking very dodgy at the moment. But uh, there's something with those guys that translates, and it's not just with Irish people. You kind of think like because it's a load of Irish in jokes, and like the the, ter- the turns of phrase are very colloquial, yeah. you might say. Yeah, but for some reason, it's resonating with people everywhere. Yes, I think it's just that the rhythm and the energy of it it's just but it's not what would you say like it's not just a kind of traddy like there's there's a really really powerful think, energy to that yeah i think you summed it up it's the rhythm and the energy of yeah. and the delivery as well to be fair as well it's fantastic the musicianship and that again the talent in that band is just scandalous like the lads have come in with half a song but that's that's to that's the way most of that album went the lads have come in kind of with eighty percent of an idea of a song, and I was very much right. Sure, will we try and let's try and make something out of this rather than it coming in being absolutely uh, mechanically and methodically taught out? Mm-hmm. But then they'll just pull out these oh the the, the lyrics and the ideas and the, the the guitar lines are just their execution is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So kind of as a probably as a recorder and mixer, like kind of what would be the biggest technical challenges you face? 
in general you mean like in general any band yeah so uh, if a so if a band is coming to you we'll say that you haven't worked with before and maybe it's their first ep maybe it's their first album what should they have what boxes should they have ticked before they even okay yeah um before before they before they dare get in touch with me like you know? <laughs> um i think one of the well the first main thing is just knowing the songs and this is something actually to be honest with you with home recording and demoing bands have gotten a lot better at this okay. was a, this was a much bigger problem going back a few years further where bands would be coming in and they like the what they hear in their head to what they're actually able to play there was a, <laughs> there was, a, there was a, a canyon of difference sometimes yeah and that's tricky and not like not even in a technical but in a psychological way that can be tricky to go like okay you're like you are miles away from where you think you are but let's work on it let's let's figure mm. it out but with home recording bands are coming in a lot more prepared now so that's definitely got better they've, they've a lot more of an idea of production and uh what something so, should sound like right but i think one of the it's supposed it depends but let, let's see your typical kind of heavy hardcore metal band coming to me and maybe it's their first time recording. The biggest thing that I think it's it's hard to get them out of the head of how things might sound in their practice room, and why I might need to change things a little bit to for that to translate onto an album or into a record. Okay. You know, and like maybe bands coming in with this is my guitar amp and this is the tone. I set it this way, and that's the only way it's supposed to be. And I can go f- okay, fine, but I'm gonna need to change it a little bit. Hmm. To, to to trans you know it's because it's, it's a different it's a different medium like experiencing yeah. a live show to building out a sonic template for for a mix is very different but yeah. it's like getting the energy of the live show into that but to be honest with you in saying that i'm not the guy who's i don't like i like capturing what a band is doing i'm not the guy when the band comes in saying you have to use this amp and there's only one way the drum kit can be set up and there's only one way this amp there's, there's no one amp i use the whole time like i'm very I'm very hands off, I suppose, until I need to kind of yeah. maybe steer the tone or steer the band a bit, you know. Because ultimately it is consuming your time as well. Have you got to that stage now where you're just going, look, lads, this is my time. I have X, Y and Z lined up behind G, you know. Yeah, well, I suppose like typically with a band book in with me, we will book a certain amount of time mm. and it, it, it'll be kind of if that's five days or a month or whatever it is in, in recording like and it's kind of my i see it as my job to kind of project manage and get out in front of it and say right this is the amount of time we have let's be realistic about our expectations what we can get done and we'll have a blueprint plan of by day three the drum should be done okay right? yeah yeah, yeah. By day four but like that is also has to be very flexible you know recording <laughs> sessions one tiny thing can ruin half a day like the output of a guitar not working Okay, or something. You just a yeah, yeah. thing come up and absolutely rob you of the time, and you kind of explain that to bands first. I think the biggest problem is there being no communication at the start. Just going, okay, we're going in for recording, and let's see what happens. That's that's a recipe for kind of maybe disaster, or maybe bands thinking they're getting something else, and then you're not delivering what they think you're getting. So if if you have a big chat at the start, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to do. These are the terms. This is how many days we're in for everyone's happier there's just there's no mystery like there's no like if you just say yeah, yeah if you get everything out up front that i think that works a lot better I've, I've i've learned yeah and um how much research would you do into a band if you haven't heard of them before uh, uh a little bit like always a bit i i i i don't think i've ever taken a band in recently without ha- having 
hearing something like it's it's rare and I'm, again not making myself sound big-headed but it's rare that a band i'd work with a band now that haven't recorded at all they'll at least have some ep or a demo or something done yeah and that's just and i'm not saying i wouldn't work with a band but i kind of you know uh, just a lot of those bands that, that are coming to me are already kind of doing stuff yeah i suppose um, as well you you probably can can um say comfortably now at this stage that you have probably a mixed template the whole time that you use and what what fits into it will will save you time as well would that be true on the, on the mixing side of things yes yeah well i suppose the way i would set that kind of stuff up uh that's more technical just the way my i set up all my the routing of the audio and all that kind of stuff i'll never like i'm actually quite adamant about this i'll never just kind of copy settings on top of another band or something like that yeah that's just that does a disservice to everything yeah. i yeah. think is it, I, my, my whole thing about recording is not to make things sound like something else it's to make it sound good for what it is itself mm. i'm not gonna if a band comes into me it's like we want to sound like someone else okay there's obviously they're gonna say we like this record and we yeah like they have their influences and stuff yeah, yeah like that and i like i'd be lying if i said i don't do a bit of that like that's absolutely but uh this idea of oh that band was good we want to sound like that like that's that just doesn't really make sense to me because it's like you know it's it's like uh people's musical playing is like an accent mm. everyone has their own way of speaking and it's like yes. dialect. You know, it's it's their own way of communicating so why are you going to copy someone else's accent like you know it's you know yeah. maybe you would, but yeah yeah my thoughts on it you know yeah cool and just as well I just fa- I'm fascinated in the way you um, seem to love more sudden angles, drums, r- <laughs> rhythms. Yeah, it's incredible to watch. Again, I was just watching demos, which are just going through them. How did you, you know, as a as as a frontman with Murdoch, you were a guitarist and singer, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, drums, what's what's your I, I would the way I think of it I've often kind of joked with this in Murdoch as well like I feel like I can't play guitar but I play drums on guitar if that makes sense <laughs> like I'm a rhythm player okay so I, yeah. I play drums as well I've never played it with any any band but I'd be quite a competent drummer like I can I can do stuff okay um, but I'm a like I'm obsessed with rhythms I just I don't know what that is I, like I couldn't tell you it's always I've just been like I love the idea of rhythms of playing off each other and polyrhythms and all. that's what Murdoch is like. It's the whole thing is how weird can I make everything mm. like in terms of stop, start rhythm, do, 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 you know, and, and mess around with it. And a lot of that comes Ronan, our drummer in Murdoch. He is just, he's still probably the best drummer I've ever recorded. He is a machine. Yeah. If you give him, if you give him a pop song to record on, he is absolutely like on the beat four four. Or if you give him, some crazy noise core metal blast beat thing. He's just on it. So working with him, he's the other side of my brain. Like still, it just I mean, my musical other side of my brain, you know. And of course, you've worked with fantastic drummers. You've recorded with brilliant ones. Um, yeah, I've probably just offended everyone I've ever <laughs> ever worked with there now. But no, honestly, he's just. And I've worked with a lot of amazing drummers. There's there's there's, there's the talent out there at the moment. It's just. Ridiculous. It is phenomenal. It's it is ridiculous. Phenomenal. Like, yeah. yeah. But uh, you're not a fan of symbols then? No. And I, See, I, again, I do my I, research, man. man you're, you're in my brain here. Like, I, I love drums and I love beating <laughs> the crap out of symbols. But from a recording and mixing 
perspective, like the, probably the worst thing you could probably do, let's make a song. Okay, let's get a big piece of metal and beat the crap out of it mm. and try and fit that in with everything else. They're just like, I love it. And the energy, like, I don't get me wrong. I love punk and hardcore and noisy symbols and all that stuff. But it's just in turn, they, they make life hard in terms of mixing. Yeah, yeah. They're a challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd imagine. So, so this year, uh, made like Zahora's new release came out. Um, again, congratulations. And um, that was a fantastic piece. They delivered. Nice, thanks. Yeah. There's a nice bit of a, what would you say? Nice bit of Heft. hate in that album. Yeah. And just darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they're very organized. They came in with a plan, I'd imagine. Very much so. Uh, great lads as well. Like just really enjoyed working with those guys. Uh, very, sorry, sorry. I need to yeah, reiterate that. A very organized band. Like we, that session was booked oh, maybe seven months in advance and there was, Google Drive folder set up with demos and they were really, really like on point, uh, on point about, but on point about it to be prepared enough to allow this actual recording to be free then, if you know what I mean, like to be like exploratory. Yeah. It wasn't kind of like, this is it and this is it. And that's a, you know, we, we had a lot of time experimenting and trying tribal rhythms and overdubbing. We were hitting shoes off floors and radiators and for overdubs. And that was, yeah, that was a good I, I think I saw a picture of you. Was it up on top of, at a fan or something, up on top of the top of a room or something? Was that yeah, you? Yeah. That, yeah, it was me. Yeah. That's, so that's in the studio where I record when I'm in Ireland. It's called Bluebird. There's just a, it's an air conditioning duct that leads oh, okay. out of the main live room over the kitchen. It's like, what would be, what would be like if we stuck it's a mic in there? I, it made it onto the album somewhere. It's, it's, it's in there. <laughs> I actually can't remember, but it's in there somewhere. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out as well to Worn Out. Um, I heard um, Evan was kind enough to give me um, a demo. Of their thing. stuff. Yeah, fantastic, man. Again, That's, I'm happy with that, yeah. Yeah, they're great lads. Again, one remarkably fun session to do. Really enjoyed it. I love those guys. And um, there was, again, that was, the session could have gone very bad because, again, Brian, the bassist hurt his hand and, Oh yeah, uh, that's right. He stabbed yeah, himself so or something, he, was it? He, he hurt himself with a knife somehow at work and it was like a <laughs> week before we were due to record. So we went ahead with all the recording as planned, apart from bass. And Brian, like a few months later, he tracked the bass himself and I was able to reamp it then and use his performance in the thing. But fair play to him. He like I think he might have recorded the bass with one finger or that he 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 really had to change how he was playing to get it down. So he went through pain to Yeah. To, to make that album ha- or to make that record happen. So that was, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Again, they're stuck at the moment. Um, you know, it's just very hard for a lot it's of weird. these lads. It's weird, yeah. Um, bands you're working on the moment with is a State Lights, is it? And Skated from Ireland? Yeah, I just, I skated. I just did a mix a song for them. That's a really, yeah. really good song. Again, it's that's going to be a good, uh, what would you say? It's a really good melodic chorus to that song. So I can see that doing well for them. State Lights, another Irish band, different buzz altogether. That's yeah. they're kind of they've kind of got this, would you say, eighties kind of new romantic kind of okay, like something that you'd hear maybe a little bit from. Does kind of I won't say Duran Duran. It's not like it's not cheesy. Human League. Yeah, there's there's a nice there's a, there's a cool thing going on there with those. Yeah, with, with, that, with that with that band, yeah. That's great, man. And what about Murdoch? Is that pushed aside at the moment? Yeah, well, it is in terms of the, the last thing we did. I think the last time we were all in a room together, jamming was maybe 2016, maybe 2017. And it's just, to be honest with you, like I was the main driving creative organizing force in that band. And as I've gotten busier with mm. this, 
the last thing I can kind of find myself doing is I have time to just sit, pick up a guitar at the end of the day and work yeah. on my own. So or like at least for the last few years, that's been the way I just, I, the balancing of it all kind of was very hard. Yeah. And we like, we'd been together for 10 or 11 years. We did a lot of stuff. So it kind of, I think it just ran. It's, I, I don't, I don't, what would I say? It takes a lot of mental energy to, to create a Murdoch song. Like there's a lot of madness happening and yeah. I don't feel I need to explore that at least at the moment anymore. That style of music, you know, I've kind of, yeah. I did a lot of what I wanted to do with it. Mm. And saying that there's, there's always the old nostalgia thing going on though, you know. Oh man, I, to be honest with you, it was a week or two ago <laughs> here, I went down a bit of a, a bit of a, a YouTube live video and listened back to all stuff going, oh, that wasn't bad. Like maybe, yeah, <laughs> I, I miss it. I, I miss gigging and being on, not being on stage as in look at me, but I miss the, mm. the experience of it all so much. And it, it, that itch is definitely starting again. So I'm writing, I'm writing stuff that I don't think would end up as Murdoch, but it's. Okay it might involve some people from it. That's all I'm going to say at the moment. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, there's something happening. So I'm just going to throw the quote to you there that you said a long time ago, and do you still feel the same way about it? And it's, I like the idea of taking things apart and reconstructing them in, a, in new different ways. That is what has always appealed to me in every part of life. Do you still stand by that? Wow. Uh, I, I don't remember saying that, but yeah, I'll... Uh, very much for writing music anyway I, I certainly like that idea of I think I remember saying that coming from that phrase uh, don't fix something if it isn't broken mm. and I don't like that sometimes sometimes that that can be true for some things but it's kind of what if you did take it apart and put it together a different way maybe that would be something new you know that, yeah. that was kind of just what that was coming from so I, uh, my biggest, if I'm writing music myself, I think my biggest, like, um, one sec, my biggest block is as soon as I go to write something, it's like, ah, someone else has already done this. I get very frustrated by, I kind of feel this unbelievable need to, for it to be unique and to be different. I can't just write. Or if I come up with something that sounds like something else, I'm like, ah, what's the point in that? Like, yeah. I, I'm very defeatist in that way. Like, it's weird. I think you, you kind of, whether or not you're aware of it, it comes probably across and when you're recording, mixing with bands as well. You won't allow that complacency yeah. that, you know, why copy someone else? You, as you said yourself perfectly, you know, you have a different voice, you know, why, why yeah. sound the and same? I, and again, that's, I, I don't, and th thanks for saying that. I'm glad it's coming across, but I, I don't think that's also like, a, that's not a forced like style I'm trying to do that's generally yeah. just the way I hear music I think it's just the way my brain works mm. I, I because I, I have to be emotionally invested in a band if I work with them I'm not the guy who's like oh, I'll record you don't give a shit put it out like I love music so much even yeah. if even with the band like I'd, I'd be lying and said if everything I recorded was my favorite music in the world it's absolutely not mm -hmm. but there's something there's like there's even in a maybe even in a kind of a crappy song or in my opinion, it might be a crappy song. There's something, there has to be something in it that's cool. Like, or that's enjoyable. Maybe it's just a, the beat is cool or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 It's just finding what's unique and interesting to me and then forcing other people into listening to the way I like music, you know? So come here. Um, just recommend three things for the listeners. I'm going to ask you to recommend a book, an album and an artist or a designer preferably one that has worked on covers and stuff just okay uh, so I need... uh oh yeah i need to okay well an artist this is about i might give you something the left field here because i think or a lot of people ask me like do i just listen to metal and punk and stuff and to be honest with you i do like i still listen to a lot of it but mm -hmm. like 
it's not after again if you're mixing a metal song for eight hours i don't go really going to stick on metal so there's an artist called emily zoe she's a swiss artist okay and the album's called the very start and i'm obsessed with this album it's this lo-fi acoustic like sounds like it was recorded in a garage so i just ch- check that out if you want okay. songs that hit you in the fields oh it's beautiful yeah. album so that's cool. emily zoe uh book to be honest with you actually the, the one of the best things i've read recently is, the, is blind boys short stories book i don't know if you've read that oh yeah the, i haven't read the second one the first one i have yes that was brilliant oh the, the, so what happened yeah my i was back in ireland for christmas and my brother gave it to me and i, I read a lot of kind of uh psychological books and deep science books i mean all that kind of stuff and i just wanted something a bit more out there and abstract I, 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 I like i i've never nearly laughed and cried as much reading the book <laughs> he's he's managed to completely encapsulate what it's like being as very male said like what it's like to be a man maybe in your 30s in ireland or like from ireland and then it's also there's stories about oh it's just it's everything it's it's it's, yeah. it's the darkest thing and the funniest thing i've ever read in a long time i think there's a bit of irvin welsh in 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 with him as well which i really admire yeah. you know you know and so, this turn of phrase it's just yes. the, the phrase he comes out with, oh it's beautiful yeah so yeah Cool. Lad with a bag on his head, he's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to give any shout outs to anybody before we go? Um, uh, oh God, everybody! I, uh, I, I, I better give a shout out to Evan and his dog Sarah. I've never met Sarah the dog, so that's Evan from Worn Out. But every okay. couple of days or every couple of weeks, he'll send me a photo of the dog just to let me know she's doing okay. So, yeah, cool. I, if um, I didn't do that, he'd probably cry. <laughs> and and again, um, you're not sure when you're back in Ireland next. No, so again, was due to be there the last three weeks, starting three different records. So obviously, that's gonna postponed for the moment right. and. Whenever it's safe to do so, I'll be back. I guess that's the that's all I can do for the moment, you know. And how how will people find you? Uh, if they want to check out my work, it's aiden cunninghamcom I'm on Instagram. Yeah, you give the links yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I'll that's give you the, the links. Thing, they can see what I'm doing there. Yeah, cool, man. Listen, thanks for taking the time. He's nice one, Richie. Thanks for having me on, man. Good to talk to you. Chat and, to you stay, again. and stay safe. <laughs> I will. I'll try. So this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. Uh, you were listening to the brilliant and talented Aidan Cunningham. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And it'd be nice to see Aidan back on these green shores sooner rather than later. Okay, we're going to finish with this last song of the night. And it's from local Galway artist Rory O'Bognell. So Rory is a ritual, dark, ambient drone artist influenced by the occult and pagan history of his country as well as the darker side of the psychedelic experience. His work often makes for an intense and frequently unsettling listening experience and um, he explores this through themes of dark ritual ambience and meditative drones primarily using instrumentation, vocals and found sound and field recordings which he twists into dark compositions by means of digital manipulation. Since 2012, O'Bognell has played shows in Ireland, the UK and mainland Europe, supporting such acts as Orfaust and Belwich. They actually played Cork and saw Rory at the Ritual of the Evil Eye as well. Fair play to him. To date, he has released seven split albums, one live album and four full-length albums. His new album is Parish Law and that is out now on digital format. 
and will be released on CD on May the 18th. You can pre-order the CD at cursedmonk.bandcamp.com. So this is the title track, Parish Law. Thanks everyone for listening and I hope you all enjoyed the show. And be sure to check out all the Metal Cells social media sites and of course the YouTube channel as well where the interview with Aiden will be on it in its video format. Thank you. This is Richie saying over and out. <laughs>